Hello and welcome to the first ever and finally podcast. For those of you who have read the and finally articles, you will know what to expect from this podcast anecdotes, stories and tall tales based extremely loosely around a single theme. This podcast's theme being training. But future editions will be a monthly roundup of some of the more entertaining news items for the month. Well, hopefully entertaining anyway. So let's get started with the first ever and finally podcast anecdote for your delectation. You take over a struggling Scottish Championship side and end up propping up the table by the winter break. So what do you do to turn things round? Well, if you're former Scotland defender, and I use the word defender in the loosest sense, Gary Caldwell, you take your Partick Thistle team off to train with the SAS, as you do like. The players were taken on long runs, put together in groups to carry logs, and then made to lug full 20 litre look water containers up and down hills all very relevant and essential skills for a professional footballer I'm sure you will agree Didier Deschamps swore by the last exercise during his playing days at the end of a long day the now exhausted players piled into a van to head off and get some food or so they were told instead they got a mock kidnapping at least it was said to be mock but it could have been Caldwell's attempt to raise the transfer kitty via ransoms Instead of heading to the local chippy for fish suppers all round, the van screeches to a halt, the doors are flung open and guys in masks jump in and start dragging the players out and throwing them to the ground. Blindfolds and earmuffs are placed on the prone players and then they are picked up and dragged from room to room of a nearby building, being bounced off walls as they go. Jack Storer was reduced to tears but Bryce and Tom Ware is made of much sterner stuff and makes a break for it. He ran for the hills and it eventually took four SAS men to bring him down. It seemed to do the trick for Thistle though as they turned their season around and eventually finished in mid-table, avoiding relegation fairly easily in the end. I just wonder what Goldwell will have up his sleeve the next time relegation threatens. Not all football training sessions are quite that much hard work, certainly not the ones involving Paul Gascoigne when he was still playing. His antics ensured that there was a more relaxed, fun atmosphere at the training ground, though he was still extremely competitive, wanted to match up and beat his teammates at whatever challenge they set. Gazza would often go head-to-head in challenges with Duncan Ferguson while they were both at Everton, and one day they were about to see he could do the most press-ups, with £50 riding on the result. As Gazza prepared to begin, he decided press-ups were not challenging enough, so he laid down the gauntlet to Big Dunk. Let's see who can lift this metal skip above their head the most times. Dunk readily agreed and Gazza got to work giving it everything he had until he could barely even stand up anymore. He had managed 50 and the sweat was now pouring off him in rivers as he gasped between gulps of air. Beat that, Dunk. Ferguson never even looked up from the newspaper he was reading and replied, Nah, I can't be bothered. Here's the £50. Despite winning the bet, Gazza was gutted. In those days, training grounds were not the secretive fortresses they have become nowadays. Another of the many, many stories about Gascoigne was from his time at Spurs when he was still a young man. He was taking part in a training session when the ball went sailing over the boundary fence. With a, don't worry, I'll get it, Gazza hopped over the fence and vanished until, at just about the same time the following day, he hops back over the fence saying, I got it. Speaking of Gazza, he probably did need the hard training more than most. I can remember my parents lived on a village near Darlington called Hayward Dantees when Middlesbrough built a new training ground in the village in the grounds of a hotel they bought that is now usually used for visiting teams to stay. Incidentally, on the walk up the long drive from the main road, we nearly got run over by their new striker who'd just signed. He was obviously overcome with excitement at joining the mighty borough and so not concentrating on the road. Hamilton Richard or something his name was. 
Anyway, we got to the training ground ahead of the start of their first pre-season training session. In those days, under-manager Brian Robson had settled down to watch. Mark Schwarzer was out warming up and would have struggled to catch a cold that day as he was dropping everything. Then the outfield players came out of the changing rooms when we all stopped and stared. Who on earth was that with them? Had Jimmy Five Bellies come along or some darts player maybe? They got a bit closer and we all gaped and looked at each other in amazement. It was Gaza looking more like a darts player than a footballer. You could see the hate and disappointment in Robson's eyes as he had clearly trusted in Gaza to be a key figure for him and just as clearly it was going to take a lot of weight just to get him fit enough to make it onto the pitch without exhausting him. It was little wonder Gaza did not last much longer there. Many times, fringe players used training to impress and force their way into their manager's thinking for the next game. But not often does a player quite come from nowhere like Julio Cruz did. Cruz, who later went on to play in Serie A for Inter Milan and represent his country Argentina as a forward 22 times, was working as a groundkeeper for local side Banfield when they needed an extra body for a practice match. Cruz was drafted in and by the end of the session he had done enough to be handed a professional contract with them. Some players could be a problem in training. Noanko Kanu at Portsmouth was a diva to say the least and Harry Redknapp often tells the story of how the Nigerian had a poor attitude to training and would message every mo- Monday morning the exact same message. Boss, the king cannot come into training. I have an upset stomach. Though it is difficult to know if the story is true as Harry does like to, shall we say, stretch the truth a little except when talking to the HMRC of course. It is well known Kanu was not a good trainer throughout his career, but referring to himself in a third person as the king, well, that would be cringeworthy stuff at the very least. The kind of thing you would expect from Zlatan, to be honest. Quite a few years ago at a football academy in Australia, a bunch of kids were lucky enough to get coaching from a quartet of former players. The kids were in awe of the legendary trio Bobby Charlton, Dennis Law and George Best, but made fun of the fourth coach, who was older and overweight. Fed up of the kids disrespecting the old fat coach as they referred to him, the former Man United trio let them challenge one of the coaches to hit the crossbar ten times in a row. Of course the kids picked the old fat coach as expected and lined up to watch with sniggers on their lips. Law asked them how many they thought he would score. Most said less than five, but Best said without any doubt he would get ten. So up steps the old fat coach. Bang! Bang, bang, nine in a row hit the crossbar before he scooped the ball in the air, bounced it off one shoulder, off the other shoulder, onto his head, then flicked it back over himself with his heel and smashed it off the crossbar on the volley to gasp from the watching kids. They all stood there open-mouthed in silence. Then one of the kids asked, Who was that? Best replied, To you, his name is Mr Pushkas. Mr Ferenc Pushkas, one of the greatest goalscorers of all times who scored 84 and 85 internationals for Hungary, 616 and 620 games for Homved and Real Madrid, and the man who gave his name to FIFA's award for the most beautiful goal of the year, but they just saw a fat old man. Football has changed a lot over the years. Nowadays, the players are much more professional than they used to be, except for the odd throwback, Jack Grealish anyone, and they take good care of their fitness in the main. When Alex Ferguson took charge of Manchester United, it was different. There was a drinking culture that put even Arsenal's to shame. It was such a big part of their lives that no one even realised Paul McGrath was an alcoholic. According to Gordon Strachan, who was there at the time, he was not even amongst the top five drinkers there. When the team were taken on a pre-season training camp in Bermuda, they were allowed to go out for a couple of beers when they first arrived. 36 hours later, the first training session had to be cancelled as the drunken players were running into palm trees. While Cristiano Ronaldo 
as opposed to the Brazilian Ronaldo, whose drunken party ways were probably the reason why his career ended so early, is known for being effective on the pitch and almost obsessive about his training regime. In the past, when he first arrived at Manchester United, he was seen as a bit of a show pony. CR7 would do a trick and a hundred stepovers purely because he could, rather than with any purpose behind them, or to have any effect on the game other than to show off. Nowadays he shows off his looks and how similar his physique is to mine, but in the past he would show off the tricks and flicks in training as well as during matches. Former teammate Gary Neville said of him that he'd spend 20 minutes most day taking a piss with his tricks. He'd do stuff so good I couldn't even work out how he did it, like pretending to kick a ball in your face, and as you dive for cover, dragging it back, dragging it back onto his foot so you look like an idiot. He could disco dance and juggle a ball at the same time. He loved the ball. He loved the game. The bit that confuses me is why would Neville dive for cover from a ball kicked in his face? Surely that could only improve his looks. When he was born, the midwife slapped his mother. The first time his mother took him on the bus, the driver said to her, Oh, that's the ugliest baby I've ever seen. She walked to the back of the bus fuming and told the woman next to her that the driver had just insulted her. The woman said to her, Oh, sorry, love, you go back up there and give him what for. Go on, I'll hold your baboon for you. Another story, similar to the Pushcast one, involves the Johan Cruyff Barcelona dream team. Having Hristo Stoichkov and Romario together in one team was not an easy prospect for any manager, with those two being stretch and arrogance of the kind that Slatan would have enjoyed. On their own, they were considered virtually uncoachable and Cruyff had them both to contend with. He would often have to take measures to enforce his authority over the pair to remind them they were not quite as good as they thought they were, at least not compared to him anyway. At one point, Romario and Stoichkov were bickering over who was the best footballer and so the boss of the team. Cruyff stepped in and told them both in no uncertain terms that he was the manager and that meant he was the boss. The pair mocked him for being an old man so Cruyff set up a challenge to prove he was best. Ten shots from the edge of the box, the one who hits the crossbar the most wins. Stoichkov only managed a disappointing two. Romario stepped up and managed three, then immediately proclaimed himself the best. Cruyff then went and hit it no less than six times and immediately turned to the pair and told them to shut up and learn to take his orders. Romario and Stoichkov both said it was just lucky beat them and they had been having a bad day, only for Cruyff to turn round and hit a ball with his left foot this time and pinged it off the bar, leaving the whole team in silence. Many years later, Cruyff would say that the left foot shot was the only lucky shot he took, as opposed to most of us who only hit one shot they try for and the rest are lucky. Speaking of being lucky, you are lucky enough to reach the end of this first and finally test podcast. Thank you for listening and goodbye for now.